Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop. And Drew, November is here, but last night was Halloween. We learned yesterday that your son and my son both dressed as Buzz Lightyear for Halloween. So how how did it all go? Because I, I tweeted last night that now that we have kids that are able to get it, I didn't realize how tiring Halloween was going to be on the parents. Oh, yeah. so how, how did your night go? How did your day go? Because I know a big part of it's the whole, you know, school, daycare, whatever you want to call it, all that kind of so, stuff going on. And then the, and then the trick or treat. Yeah, so night. we were getting, we were getting pictures throughout the day from the daycare of trick or treating in class. Um, and he seemed to be into it, which was good. We weren't really sure because obviously he didn't remember much of it from last year, but we weren't really mm-hmm. sure how he'd respond. But he figured it out during daycare, um, took it in. So we had one of his little buddies from gymnastics came over. Liam was a wolf. Um, so we had a wolf and buzz and walking around our neighborhood. And there's some people on our street that really, really get into Halloween. Nice. Um, and so they, you know, there's there's all kinds of decorations. One little group had a haunted house, which we we did not do. Um took one look around the corner and we're like, yeah, it's not, he's not ready for this. And then literally the next house, he got scared to death of a spider that jumped out of at him. Oh, like it, it was a little, it was a little bit, um, it was a little bit over the top and they had a guy with a chainsaw at the same house. And so <laughs> we, we left that house in tears. So it took us <laughs> two or two or three different of uh, the next candies as we call them, uh, to, um, to get over the cry like he was hysterical oh, and man. he woke up this morning saying the wolf is scary <laughs> um, but yeah but he likes the wolf it's a friendly wolf and yeah. that was at the house next door with the haunted house but it was good we uh he got in got his costume off went to sleep so no no nightmares yet <laughs> so yeah we'll take it as a success and he got his candy and had fun with his little buddy so yeah um all good on our front what about y'all yeah. Yeah, one thing we learned is, you know, we got him a Buzz Lightyear costume um, off Amazon and, you know, thinking he wears 3T. That, that's kind of what his size is right now. And yeah. yeah. This one was like, yeah, 3T, 4T. We're like, oh, okay, whatever. But, you know, when we opened it a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, it looks kind of big. So he we tried it on for him Saturday because he was going to wear it to his uh, Twinkle Tots dance class. And it was just massive, just so big. We ended up having to take it off like, oh, no. So like Saturday, I spent some time kind of going around trying to find a 2T size. Well, it turns out Buzz, there's most of them are 3 to 4Ts. Like, oh. So Liz ended up having to cut it and sew it. And then in the morning, he just – Monday morning, he just did not want to wear it. Put it on. Uh-oh. Too big, too big, too big. Like, oh, no. I was like, well, let's just bring it. So I, I was smart, and I got a backup hoodie that is a Buzz Lightyear hoodie and you actually press the button and it, it okay. buzz starts talking. So I was like, all right, at least we have a backup. So we wore the backup and then we go to the parade at school at 10 and he's got the costume on, which daycare teachers, just incredible people. Yeah. So he's got the full costume on. He's got the wings. He's, he's just loving it. He's eating it up. It's like, Oh, this is great. He had a great day at school and then trick or treating. He did, he did great. Went around a whole block over, um liz's parents house is about five minutes from our house to the whole block um saw a couple of costumes that kind of scared him a little bit um but he was okay for the most part um went up got a bunch of candy um it went really well and then um my my wife's aunt uh her boyfriend has a a retro carousel 
um, like a vintage oh. carousel. So we drove okay. over there and you get to ride the carousel. And then we came back to bed and had a couple of M&Ms and, and he was out. So um, it went well. It went well. But man, I just didn't realize like the, the did, costume process and like all, all of the did, stuff that goes into it. You, you just don't realize it until you do it for the first time. Did uh, Did dad dress up? Dad did dress up. So you'll probably oh. see some pictures either on, on one of my social media accounts or Liz's. Uh, I just basically had a shirt that was a Woody shirt. It was like the the costume that Woody wears, just a, a t-shirt oh. form, like a shirt. Okay. So oh, okay. um, I had that. A shirt? Yeah, Liz had a Liz had a Bo Peep one. And then oh. uh, Lucy had Jesse, a little Jesse outfit. So okay. um, the, the whole family was in the, the Toy Story gear. And, and turned yeah, out well. I, I was I was Woody. I went cowboy hat, uh, yellow dress shirt and boots tucked in there you go yeah i was close i didn't have the vest but i did see andy andy's kids were buzz and and woody too so okay very popular i guess with this this age yeah our group um, text (laughs) yeah yeah and you'll you'll love this so at um jack's little uh and lucy's little halloween parade at at school there was a, a kid he's probably about one and a half or two and he had really long blonde hair, like in the back. Boy, okay. he's got a Texas jersey on. And I, I look closer and they put a fake beard underneath yeah. his, his thing. I was like, oh, man, this kid does not get it. But but shout out to the parents for for uh, realizing yeah. that the son has the Quinn Ewers look with the hair and then putting a little little beard. Uh, it wasn't a full beard. It was just like the West Virginia style, like, like Quinn has um, mm-hmm. and put it under there. I was like, oh, that was great. So. Yeah, it it turned out well, but I was like, I got home, I was like, oh my gosh! By the time we put them in bed, I was like, I'm exhausted. Like, I just I did not realize all the yeah. stuff that went into it. But um, hope everybody had a really fun Halloween. Hope it turned out well for everybody. We had some some nice weather over here and stuff like that. And we'll get into a little candy discussion before we wrap things up, uh, because that's that's one of the funs for adults is uh, is is seeing what the kids get. Uh, when they go to their stops. But uh, last couple of podcasts, we talked about the updated 2023-5-55. The last one we did, I believe numbers 33 through 55. The previous one before that was 1 through 32. And we mentioned we really liked the depth of this class in 2023. It was really, really tough to limit the numbering to just, you know, to the 55. Because I feel like there are just a a lot of guys that are kind of that very similar talent level that you can make a case um, could have been number 55 on the list. So we said that, Hey, we know we're going to have a whole podcast where we basically go through and, and discuss some of these guys. And what we're going to do is um, Drew and I basically picked like groups of five that we're going to kind of go back and forth with of guys that we believe have, have a case to be um, in that 55, because again, and you'll see a lot of these names, a lot of these guys are, are high major D one commitments or big time JUCO commitments, um, you know some names. Have yeah, been around just, just for, listen, for a while. So, so my my fifteen, my three groups of five. This is this is what I have. I have Texas, DBU, UTA, OU, A and M, DBU, A and M, Mississippi State, OU, Tech, Texas, DBU, Duke, uncommitted, and UTSA. Yeah. I mean that, and that's guys that that aren't on the fifty-five. That you know, like we said, depending upon how their seasons go in the spring, mm-hmm. I mean, they could easily you know be a number of places, not just at the at the lower side of the fifty-five. Like I mean, you're talking some guys that could easily 
you know, as we'll go through it, talk about jumping up into the teens, yep. the 20s pretty easily, maybe even higher. So, yep. um, yeah, it just kind of speaks to the depth of this 23 class like we've been talking about. Yeah, especially the arms. I ended up having a yep. lot of arms, which I knew I was going to have. But yep. there's just a lot of guys, a lot of guys we saw in the fall. There's just like, man, there's there are a lot of guys that could potentially really, really take off on the pitching side, which is going to be really exciting um, come springtime. But um, I'll start it off here with my first group of five. Um, James Elwinger, right-handed pitcher for Magnolia West, committed to DBU. Uh, Micah Dean, uh, middle infielder, center fielder from Fort Ben Travis, committed to Kansas State. Um, Davis Rivers, a catcher from Waller. Uh, Caden, uh, he's committed to Texas Tech. Um, Caden Mitchell, catcher from Salina, committed to McLennan. Uh, and then Ty Baker, right-hand pitcher from second back, was committed to Texas A&M. Um, Elwanger, you look at the delivery, you look at the the body, I, it, it's a lot of things suggest that there's a jump in there. Um, yep. You know, he, he yep. area code guy, you know, play with that Yankees team at the area code games, uh, showed a little bit of a, a change-up third pitch, a change-up splitter type third pitch that we kind of wanted to see from him, but there's a lot of makings of, of a jump coming and he could be yeah. a guy. I think that with a full off season gets stronger, comes out in the spring. You're like, Whoa, this guy's, you know, this guy's really, really bringing it. Um, so excited prospect there. And then, you know, Micah Dean's one of the guys that I, I kind of had a few guys that were injured, um, you know, throughout the, the, he actually got hurt late in the high school season, uh, had a shoulder issue that he ended up having operated on and missed the summer. But uh, they're really high level defense, um, athleticism, speed, um, played a lot of shortstop, but I, I think that he's going to end up being a standout center fielder at the next level, has mm -hmm. some really high level tools. And I think, you know, as a guy that just because of, he didn't play this summer, I think people kind of have forgotten about a little bit, but I, I'm expecting the big senior season from him. Davis Rivers, a lot of raw power from the left side. Um, unsurprisingly, Texas Tech identifies those guys well. Uh, Caden Mitchell, um, another McClendon catcher. We know we know what they do in terms of catching and, and how they evaluate those guys. And Ty Baker, uh, big physical right-handed pitcher, was up to 92 miles an hour this summer. Um, Change-up flashed. Um, I, I think the breaking ball, I've seen him throw a curveball in the past. He threw more of a slider this summer. Uh, I think he's got a chance if he refines that breaking ball to really, really take off. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's a good group. I mean, you know, you talk about tech is – so good at finding these, you know, quote unquote fringe guys, maybe some guys that are a little bit lesser known just because of where they are or who they play for or stuff like that. And man, like you get, but you look at these guys and you're like, man, like, okay, there maybe four tools and not five, but like the, one or two of those tools are really, yeah. really good. And tech just has a long history of just getting the best out of those types of players. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, like you can see a guy like Davis Rivers go in there and just blowing up um again we Caden Mitchell a guy that we've seen really perform mm -hmm. um going going there work as a catcher I mean I think you know that's he needs reps um and I think he'll get him there but uh you know my first five I got Lane Allen Texas commit Uriah Walters DBU commit uh Logan Myers UTA commit Noah Bentley OU commit Noah Patty and M commit um Patty's a guy that I just I don't think we've seen enough of, uh, mm -hmm. seen a lot of at least. But man, like there's some real athleticism. Part of it is he's a football player, right? Um, really, he's good. had a really good season for for Carthage this year. I was just scrolling through his Twitter, and man, like I mean, the guy, you know, he I'll, I'll say this: he's not afraid to be on camera. 
uh, lots of interviews, <laughs> lots of interviews for football and and uh, baseball, and definitely has some confidence. Definitely looks like he has fun playing. He's a competitor, um, just a really good athlete. Really big fan of his. Noah Bentley, he's a guy that I think probably fell into that tired category, yeah, absolutely, a little bit uh, because we've seen him really good. He started off the year injured, and you know, the, a lot of times those guys who go into a season injured you know, just, they just never really get their footing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it just carries on. And a lot of times you don't get to do a lot of that normal preseason buildup work. And that's where he kind of falls for me. I mean, he's a guy that shoot could jump right back up into the top 10. if He has a big time senior season. Really good athlete. Another QB one guy. Yeah. Um, Logan Myers, big athlete. I know the coaches at UTA are really excited Mm -hmm. about him. Um, Really like him. He's got some position versatility. He's got some real bat speed and strength in the bat. Uriah Walters, he's a guy that we've always loved. Um, yeah. You know, I've liked him since day one. Um, you know, you can see a guy like him with his physical profile and tools going to a place like DBU and just taking off, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's all there. He's he's a really good ball player, has some really good tools. Um, I've always liked watching him play. And then Lane Allen, I mean, he, he was – he went off in the, in the Mattingly. Yeah. Um, and he's the guy too, that just big time power um, question of, you know, where he'll play at the next level, first base, third base, you know, we've seen him do both um, good athlete for a guy, his size. Um, and there's some real power in that bat. So yeah, uh, he's a guy that I know that Texas is excited to get him in and um, probably had some pop up on the corner. For, for the Longhorns. Yeah, strong summer for him and, and strong fall too. And I think that he he was one of the toughest guys. I, I know all these guys were tough to keep off, but him especially because I was kind of going through and, you know, we talked about a lot of these guys that are their power back kind of guys. And, you know, and Cole Johnson ended up making the list. But, um, you know, Lane Allen, the way he swung the bat, he had a great Manningly, um, you know, and, and then the fall he had some bright moments as well. So he was definitely – one of those guys that was really, really tough to keep off the list. But, um, yeah, it, it's fun hearing a lot of these football guys on the list, too, uh, going through there. I mean, Noah Patty, yeah. just some of his stuff is, is really, really exciting to watch. Uh, my next group of five, uh, Paxton Terveen, left-handed pitcher from Stratford, committed to uh, Texas A&M. Uh, Mason Green, left-handed pitcher from Cypress Woods, committed to Baylor. Uh, Connor Cuff, uh, football teammate with Noah Patty. Uh, Carthage, he's actually the QB1 there. He's committed to Louisiana. Uh, Dakota Howard for Van Allside, uh going to OU. And then Lane Sparks from Brenham committed to uh, Houston Christian, not Houston Baptist anymore. Houston Christian. Um, I've got to have to get used to that. Terveen and Green are both just two instances of guys that we just need to, to see more. Um, I, I believe, if I remember right, Green kind of battled some some injury-type things throughout last season with Cy Woods. And, and Cy Woods is one of those programs that's just really, really loaded. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you know, some of those younger guys don't always get opportunities. Terveen, um, you know, Nick Timms and, and a couple of our, our five tool guys uh, down in the Houston area. I remember them messaging me. He's like, Hey, we went to go see, you know, Jacob Scholl's pitch and they were playing Stratford, but this guy Paxton Terveen. And I was looking at the video. I was like, Oh, this is, this is real. This is, this is really good. And like, I think like three days later he committed to Texas A&M. Um, yeah. I think it's just a matter of whenever we see him, it's going to be like, yeah, let's, let's, that's a, that's a check there. There's, I think there's some deception in the arm path. It's a quick arm. Um, there's some real fill for spin. Um, good looking kid physically. I, I think there's mm-hmm. going to be a, a, even more velocity coming down soon, but can pitch, can really move the ball around. 
Uh, really excited to see him this upcoming season. The Mason Green had a really, really strong summer. Um, Changeup really, really flashed. Uh, he was racking up the strikeouts at a big-time rate. Um, unsurprisingly, somebody in the Big 12 jumped on him. I saw Connor Cuff down at the uh, the TSA Prospects All-Star game down this summer in Sugarland. Um, Great-looking kid physically. He's probably like 6'3", 6'4". Uh, moved well, moved with some athleticism. Uh, there's a lot to like there. I, I think there's some tools there and some upside. And we know that these guys that are tool sp- dual sport guys in high school, whenever they start focusing on one thing at the next level, sometimes their skill really starts to take off. Um, Dakota Howard, just great athlete, can run, can cover ground in the outfield, um, prototypical top of the order kind of bat. I, I think he fits Oklahoma extremely well for what they like to do on offense. And the Lane Sparks, the Roomba. Uh, flying around in center field <laughs> defensively. I saw him with Brendan a couple of times, saw him this summer. Um, it might be plus center field defense. It's really good. Uh, he really tracks the ball after bat well, can run. Um, he probably didn't hit as well as as he'd like this summer, but I like the swing. There's some bat speed there. I, I like the way he takes a bat. I think he's going to have a monster season for Brendan, who we know is probably going to be deep into the playoffs again. So um, exciting group there, but Trevine and Green – just a, a couple of arms like, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing these guys this upcoming season. Yeah. And, and Howard's one of those kind of top of the lineup guys that just is always in the middle of stuff. Yeah. Like, he, he's always making something happen. He's mm-hmm. one of those guys that you're like, this guy's on base again. Like I thought he hit last inning. Uh, but yeah, just always in the middle of stuff. Uh, good player. Yeah. He's a guy that Reggie Willis and crew are really excited about. I mean, he hit leadoff for, for one of the best, you know, summer right. teams like in the nation. Like that's a, exactly. pretty, that's a pretty loud statement. It, exactly. And, and then, you know, Connor Cuff, you know, I was going through looking at my stuff and I, you know, through all the Noah Patty highlights, I saw a lot of Connor Cuff. So excited to get some eyes on him. Uh, but just a really good group. Lane Sparks, we know that those guys at Houston Christian are really excited, really like what they're doing. I mean, they get yeah, a lot of Yeah, they're doing a great that, job again. That you're just kind of like, man, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, they're kind of – I think they do a lot of stuff that's kind of like, you know, what DBU was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So they're – you know, they're obviously earlier in their the building of that program. But, man, like tough not to notice what they're doing down there, recruiting well like that. But um, – my next five has a couple big time arms, um, and then s- some some good baseball players. Ben Tryon, South Lake, um, just a steady baseball player. Yeah, like he's a guy that, like, as we continue to say, when he gets really, if he has a chance to get really strong, like the guy can hit. The guy knows mm-hmm. how to play baseball. Um, he's always in the right spot. Just has a good feel for the game, um, and he's a guy that you can plug into that DBU lineup and just you know really really see him taking off when he gets to college. Um, and I know he's battled some injuries too, but just a really good player that I've always been a fan of. Uh, Zach Fry, uh, from Timber Creek A&M commit. I mean, you know, you talk about a guy having a pitch, like Zach Fry's slider is that pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's a guy too that if he can, if he can be a little bit more consistent with the strike throwing, I mean, he can easily be somewhere on that 55 list. Um, big time arm. I know AM jumped on him really quick when he blew up this summer, but man, he, he's got an out pitch. I mean, he's a guy that you could see going into a college bullpen in the sec really, really early yeah, and, yeah. and, and producing, you know, you, you let Nate Yeski get a little bit of work with that guy and man, like he, he'll clean a few things up on the mechanics side and add some consistency. And he's, he's a big time arm, uh, just like Dane Burns, the next guy on my list, another mm-hmm. sec arm. Um, you know, Dane missed a bunch of time with some injury and came back and 
he really started to pick it up this fall playing with the uh, Blue Jays scout team, but some swing and miss stuff in there. Um, it's really easy to see what Mississippi State liked about him early. I mean, you can only imagine that he's going to put on some weight and some strength, um, which will bring some velocity. But man, he he he's got a swing and miss breaking ball. Um, you know, and for him, it's just it's just a matter of being healthy and getting out there on the mound. Um, Desan Harris uh, from Plano East, outfielder, can really run. Um, he's, you know, been in the six fours, uh, really, really nice, easy swing, uh, efficient swing. Um, I know OU feels like they got a huge steal with him. Um, and he's a guy that I could see taking off. You know, we talked about earlier before we jumped on about, you know, Plano East has some dudes. Oh um, yeah. And I, I'm really excited to get out and see them this spring, but you talk about, uh, you know, him, Bergman, uh, Orger, uh, and then quarter another QB one Drew Devillier, mm-hmm. um, TCU commit for football. But man, like that's a that's a pretty impressive group. But Desan, you know, Desan's a guy in that in that lineup that's going to really produce some offense, and I'm excited to see him play more. I just haven't I haven't seen him. I don't think, mm-hmm. but um, good player, really good athlete. Um, and then another guy, Carson Preeb. I mean, he's a guy. So when I was going through, I was making my list and. He's a guy that throughout that senior season, he might have a Lucas Davenport type yeah. rise. Um, yeah. Big, physical. Um, the, the velocity comes and goes, you know, but he's been up to 94. Had a really good fall this year with the Blue Jays mm-hmm. scout team. I saw him a couple times this fall and he was a different guy. And with that size, like you only think that he's going to continue to get better. Mm-hmm. And man, I'm, I'm excited to see him because I bet. He, there's a chance by the end of this spring that he's throwing really, really yeah. hard. Um, and Tech got a good one there. So excited to see him and the rest of that list this spring because there's some there's some potential there to really make some jumps in that group for sure. Yeah, yeah. Preview was, was a tough one on the pitching side. Um, it just got to the point at the end it was like, man, you could, you could, you know, pick 10 different arms to fill in here and they're all kind of at that similar level that you know some of those guys are going to take big jumps um this year we're we're going to have no shortage of pitchers that we want to go see throughout the spring for sure um you know and 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 fortunately i think some of them end up pitching against each other in in some of these matchups in in dfw and san antonio and houston these other places as well so uh speaking of throwing really really hard uh weston moss uh from lake creek Mm-hmm. Went to Texas A&M, a guy coming off of Tommy John reportedly threw 95 miles an hour um, in Jupiter this fall. And uh, I see some video just kind of messaging <clears> back and forth with him just to you know, see how things are going on his return to the mound. And he was a guy I really liked a lot before the injury just because there was like, you know, loose, really quick arm, um, some projection physically. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot to like here. And Apparently he's still throwing extremely hard. So um, it, it's just, I, I didn't need a reason to go see Lake Creek because there's already plenty of them, but that's, that's definitely a reason to go, to go get some eyes on them early on and see what Weston Moss is doing on the mound there. Um, one of those guys that like Tervine, I think, you know, once we see him, it's like, okay, yeah, this is okay. Where, where do we slot him on the list? Right. Um, Bryce McCain from Alito, I didn't a guy that we've talked about from the Blue Jay yeah. Scout team in the fall, like we didn't really know much about. And here comes this guy with you know, just kind of throwing a sinking fastball and he's, he's spinning the breaking ball a little bit and it's just clean and throwing hard. It's like, man, where did this guy come from? Uh, mm-hmm. definitely a guy that could take a jump there for Alito. Uh, another Lake Creek guy, Blake Brown. I'm just a big fan of him. 
good athlete, um, good baseball athleticism, just another guy that just seems to be in the middle of like everything can play um, all over the place, committed to Sam Houston state. Unsurprisingly, it just, that's just a very much a Sam Houston state kind of player really competes skilled, can play all over athletic. Um, it does a lot of things really well, fun guy to watch. Uh, and then another Houston Christian commitment, Keevan Goss from Corpus Christi Ray, teammates with Jack Bell down there. I saw him in the fall at our, our TSA event. He was really good. Uh, 88 to 89, could pitch. Uh, Slider was getting a lot of swings and misses against a really good five-star team, threw a quality change at first strike. An underrated athlete, um, you know, you, you look at him, he's not like one of those tall, six foot two, six foot three, super lean, projectable guys, but you get out there and watch him move. He's athletic uh, and he's strong, really steady head in the delivery. I think there's going to be a, there's a jump coming velocity wise. I don't know when that's going to be, but he's also going to be a guy that if he just sits 92 at the next level, the way he can pitch, he's going to throw a lot of innings, I think early on for Houston Christian. Uh, and then kind of the opposite from a physical standpoint, Austin Vargas from Fullshare committed to Texas A&M left-handed pitcher. Tall. I think he's, you know, probably 6'4", maybe even 6'5". Uh, can throw hard. He's going to throw harder. Um, the the breaking stuff really flashes at times. It's just kind of dominant stuff. Uh, he's a guy that I, I wasn't surprised to see A&M kind of make a move on him. was a one-time Houston commitment. Uh, one of those guys that you throw him in that group, the prebies and some of these other, you know, tall, projectable guys like, OK, one of these some of these guys are going to take off. And I think he's a prime, prime example of that down there in the Houston area. Yeah. Uh, you know, that group is you know, Weston Moss. You know, we've seen a few clips of him yeah. coming back. And I mean, <laughs> it looks electric. It looks I really, mean, really good. <laughs> you talk about him and Vargas, like. I mean, it's just more of the same for A&M, just collecting yeah. these monsters, these big arms that, I mean, it. You, if you hit on some of them, you've got a loaded staff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously we talk about it a lot, but Nate, yes, you've had a long history of doing that. Um, that Lake Ridge team, like, I'm excited to see them. Or Lake Creek, sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, shoot, they're – I mean, how many guys have we talked about from from their program already? There's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so they're going to yeah, be a Samson team that makes. A... I mean, there's there's and there's a oh, his name escapes me. They had a guy, oh, a pitcher that kind of turned into their number two in the playoffs last year. That was really really good, and I, I'm forgetting his name right now. But um, you know, they're they're loaded. They're they're going to be a tough out. I want to say that they are in the same district as Magnolia West. I think, which would yeah. be a a great opportunity um, to go see some really good pitching and get some really good hitting and a good atmosphere. So uh, I know, I know, I know who you're talking about. Keep, keep talking for like two seconds and I'll find it. Yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. I, I I mean that, 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 um, that team and the pitching and the position players and um, you know, I mean, they had Shane Sadea last year who who was talking up this guy, but um, really exciting uh, district too. I mean, there's going to be some really good competition down there. And while you're looking it up, I'm actually going to go to my. I'll, I'll go through my next list here because I ended up having okay. more names than you. I cheated. Um, I, I just, you know, exactly. me as a writer, I was never short with words. I was Jace wrong. Newkirk. Jace yes, Newkirk. yes, yes. That's who it was. Yeah, Jace Newkirk. Um, you know, keep keep an eye on him. I think he actually threw a no hitter really early on in one of our events in June, I believe um down in the houston area but wrapping up my list here i went a little overboard some names i'll go through them pretty quick um ethan ferris another cypress woods guy man they're loaded um he's got some real bat speed and raw power from the right side 
And I've heard he's kind of sneaky good on the mound too, but doesn't pitch that much. Um, Cole Cassie uh, played with Trotsky in the summer. Um, Katie right-handed pitcher committed to Texas Tech. Ethan Ferris committed to Texas State. Uh, Cassie had maybe the best fastball I saw um, at that event. He was up mm-hmm. to, I believe, 94. It was easy, good shape. Um, you know, he'll be a guy that I think has got a chance to throw some some uh, some really quality innings at Katie, another team that's going to be really good again this upcoming season. Uh, Ty Zerodnik from Keller, left-handed pitcher, committed to Oklahoma. Tall, arm speed. Um, I was surprised. You know, sometimes the tall guys, especially the young guys that have some length, you kind of wonder how the arm works and how quick it is. He's got some real arm speed from the left side. Uh, he's a guy that's a, a definite uh, candidate to take a jump. And then um, is it Kyle Bade or Beatty? Is it Bade? I'm going to go. Body. Body. Kyle Body from Plano. Uh, woo, see, seeing him against that Plano East lineup could be could be pretty fun in district. Uh, Oklahoma State commitment. Really liked him in the summer. He was about, I think, like 84 to 86. And then this fall, he came out and he started throwing hard. Like he was up, you know, I think, 88, 89 miles an hour. We always knew he could really pitch. He could throw strikes of multiple pitches, carry his stuff deep into the game. And then the velocity started ticking up. And then Oklahoma State made a quick move uh, to secure his commitment there. Yeah, he, uh, he started that physical process, the yep. jump. Like he, I mean, like you said, like I saw him last, uh, last spring in a scrimmage against Heath, and he, He's just a competitor mm-hmm. um, that could pitch. And now he's one of those guys like we talk about. And he makes starts that physical jump and starts throwing a little bit harder. Like the all bets are off because when you already know how to pitch and you add a little yes. bit of velocity and stuff, like th- those are the guys that can be really, really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It's smart move by Oklahoma State to get it in there and, and, and get his commitment. Um, Jackson Elizondo, left-hand pitcher from Smithson Valley. Strong, athletic. Very, very steady head in the delivery. There's a lot. When I watch him pitch, I see a lot of things that when he gets to Baylor, assuming he gets there, when he gets to Baylor, they're going to, they can tweak some things in the delivery. And all of a sudden I think he's going to take off because um, he's, he's really strong. Um, it's kind of that, like that compact strength, but he's got some twitch and he's got some athleticism. You watch him hit and run the bases and bounce off the mound. He moves really, really well. And uh, we've seen him throw, I, I believe he's touched 90 in the past. And I've also seen him be like 84 to 86. And I think it's just a matter of getting that consistency in the delivery and the stuff is really going to take off. Um, Caden Ferraro from Pearland committed to Texas A&M. I've always been a big fan of this guy. I saw him last, uh, not this fall, but last fall, swinging the bat really well, spinning a, a big curveball with depth, uh, had some easy velocity. Uh, just a really skilled, good baseball player. The game comes easy to him, and he's going to be part of that loaded, loaded Pearland team. Um, and he's been a performer for them in the past, which is saying something because that team doesn't lack talent. And then my last guy on the list here, Ryan Farber from San Antonio Johnson, committed to Texas State. Switch hitting shortstop. Huge fan. Just a really good baseball player. Um, good baseball athleticism. Uh, sees the ball well, tracks the ball well. Gets some sneaky pop as well, but really understands how to play the game. Um, you know, he's that top of the lineup with him and Casey Cunningham down at San Antonio Johnson is, is going to be fun to watch this upcoming season. Yeah, for sure. It, it, that's a loaded group. Ty Zerodnik going to pitch with Skip. Like, I'll bet on that all day. Yeah. Um, he's got a long history of working with big left-hand, big physical left-handers that yep. you can be excited about. Um, Ferraro's a guy we've liked. We saw Cossie 
earlier this summer. And mm -hmm. I mean, just a, a big time arm with a chance to make a big jump. Um, but yeah, another really good group. And then my, my final five, Blake Peterson, uh, outfielder from Westlake going to Texas. Blake is a guy that has had a lot of injuries. Um, he also played football. And so he's never really gotten that full time in the gym to really get mm -hmm. on track. And, you know, but he's, he's kind of got that hit gene that you hear people talk about, but squares a lot of balls up. Yes, he does. Um, athletic, good player. Um, excited to see what he does this uh, this senior season with some with some good players there at Westlake. Uh, David Hefner, uh, obviously a lot of people probably recognize the last name going to DBU. You know, David just like, like his brothers and a lot of kids that go to that program is a baseball player, and he's always going to be in the right place. Mm -hmm. um, has a good feel for what he's doing at the plate, and will only continue to get stronger and and, and better there. Uh, Colin Robson, Southlake, an outfielder going to Duke. You know, we were talking the other day about, you know, someone asked us, like, how's Southlake going to be? And it's, you start like, you know, okay, they've got Cody Cashman, who just committed to Houston. They've mm -hmm. got Colin Robson committed to Duke. They've got, uh, obviously Ethan Mendoza. I mean, so that, you know, that's just, a, it's just a on Tyler yeah, White. Yeah. Exactly. It's a program that just reloads. So I'm interested to see him take, I saw him play some this fall. Obviously he seemed to be nursing a hamstring a little bit, but you can tell he knows what he's doing on the field. Um, so hopefully he can get healthy in the, over the off season and be ready to go. Justin Blancfleur, who played on our academic team. He's a guy that he can legitimately play a big time center field. Yes. Like he is, he is a center fielder, um, really good athlete, good football player. Um, got some juice. Um, so I'm going to be excited to see him this spring, um, leading the way for John Paul. Um, and then a guy that I, like, that I really liked, I saw him pitch when it was freezing guy we talked about and I've pumped him to kind of like a Lance Lynn because of the build. Uh, but Hank Howard, um, yeah. from Vista Ridge, uh, has some big time power, um, really hit this summer. Um, and I'd only really seen him pitch, uh, but strike thrower, really competitive, really good get for UTSA. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, this is, I mean, think about just all the, the guys that we've listed off these, what, let's see, 30, 37 guys. I mean, and there's even guys. a couple that like, you know, like, like a Blake Julius and some of these other guys that we've, we've covered at length before, but yeah, I mean, there's even more guys that you can throw in this mix as well. It's, it's a super, it's a super, super deep group. Yeah. Super deep. Yeah. It's going to be fun. And then, you know, we've got a list of commitments um, that happened over the last, since we last recorded. Another it's still long commitment list. season. Yeah. A lot of long lists. And every single guy on my list right for today is a 2023. And we've seen quite a few of these guys, but I'm going to roll through these guys um, real quick. And then we'll talk about a couple of them when we finish. Uh, Dylan Garcia, outfielder from Rockwall, plays for UBC, going to National Park College. Uh, Brecken Minuet, uh, Infielder from Stratford, plays for Hunter Pence, going to McLennan. Really like him. You know, I was about to jump in and talk to him when you were talking about the Stratford pro Stratford program, but he's a big physical kid. Um, Will Johnson, infielder from Prestonwood, plays for UBC, going to UT Arlington. Big get for Clay and the Mavs. Yeah, really good get. Uh, James Benjamin, outfielder from Seven Lakes, going to San Jack. Noah Kendrick, right-handed pitcher from Nederland, plays for the Gladiators, going to San Houston. Preston Crow, righty from North Forney, plays for the Patriots, going to ETBU. Um, Race Hudson, infielder from Madisonville, plays for the 12, going to Western Texas College. Uh, Ryder McDaniel, infielder from Flower Mound, plays for the Sticks, going to Frank Phillips. 
Nick Barber, infielder from Jesuit, plays for Doolin's, going to Rhodes College. Tanner Hollis, utility guy from Pleasanton, plays for the Texas Angels, going to McMurray. Alberto Santos, right-handed pitcher from San Marcos, plays for the Sliders, going to AM Corpus Christi. Shepard Hall, an infield pitcher from Northwest High School, plays for the Twins, going to Murray State. Cole Barton, infielder from Northwest High School, plays for the Cobras, going to Rose State. Jace Christian, infielder from Grapevine, another Grapevine guy. They've had a, a busy uh, couple of weeks. They have, man. They're going to be good this year. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, from place for UBC, going to Odessa. Brock Rod, left-handed pitcher from El Campo, plays for Marucci, going to San Houston. Played he had Martinez. some. He had some buzz this summer, even from from scouts that that kind of had had circled him. Um, that's yeah, that's, a, I, that's a sneaky good get. Yeah, I know those guys in the Marucci program really like him. Uh, Blake Martinez, an outfielder from Allen, plays for the Tigers, going to Weatherford. Will Patterson, another left-handed pitcher from Hebron. Place for the Tigers going to Tyler Junior College. They're just going to be loaded. I can't wait to see them this spring. Uh, Sam Walker, a right-handed pitcher from Wiley, plays for North Dallas Baseball Club, going to Amarillo. Zach Kirkpatrick, right-handed pitcher from Marcus, plays for the Sticks, going to McLennan. Really good get there. Guys really knows how to pitch, um, and will continue to add strength and velocity, and um, has the potential to have a really breakout season this spring. Addison Brown, 2023 outfielder from Wakeland. Uh, plays for UBC going to Odessa. Catcher Ridings from Hebron is a catcher. Plays for the Tigers <laughs> uh, going to Ranger. Sam Girth, right-handed pitcher from Denton. Plays for UBC going to Navarro. Jackson Mercer, Lake Highlands High School infielder, pitcher, five-star going to Cisco. Dylan Lester, catcher from Deer Park. Plays for five-star. We've talked about him quite a bit. Yeah, 55 uh, guy. He might have been the last uncommitted guy on the list, I think. He was a uh, big pickup for Baylor, Coach Thompson in that program. Um, Luke DeVasher, right-handed pitcher for Mansfield Legacy, plays for the Sticks, going to Tyler Junior College. Lane Vicknair, catcher from Bridgeland, plays for the Texas Trappers, going to San Jack. Uh, Jackson Derry, catcher from Covenant Christian, plays for the Sticks, going to Dodge City Community College of Kansas. And Jacob Maybe, 2023 catcher from Brenham, plays for Marucci, going to Panola. So, uh, good crew there, man. It just it never stops. Some some good programs getting some really good players late like this, and you know I'll continue to harp on it. You know, do your homework. You know, take your time. Yeah. Pick the place that fits because I mean, here we are a week from signing day, and a um, bunch of really good players just making their commitments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, I know like we talked about, there, there's a lot of pressure to commit and find a place. Think uh, spots are going to fill up, but. This is just another good reminder that there's a lot of really good programs that have spots available. And, you know, if they really want you, they'll find money for you. Um, yeah. It's, it's something that, you know, you should be looking for. And we say it over and over, but don't settle uh, because you have time. You still have your senior season. If you think you're going to really make a jump and don't love the options you have, it's it's okay to wait. Um, there's going to be stuff out there in the spring and stuff comes open and it comes available. So, uh, but congratulations to those guys because it's obviously exciting. I'm sure some of them are kind of feeling the pressure running up against signing day. But man, there there there's spots, places to play baseball. Yeah. Um, and if it if it's not a place that's going to make you happy, then it's not the time. So, but you know, congrats to these guys. Hope they're all happy with their commitments. Got a lot of places, um, some good destinations for these guys to end up. Yeah, and unsurprisingly, a, a lot of junior colleges on there, which we, we say that, hey, these the junior colleges go a class at a time. You know, they're 
it's extremely rare if those guys are dipping into the the junior class, you know, those junior guys heading into their junior season. You know, they're really mm-hmm. working on, okay, let's let's really analyze this upcoming senior class. Let's turn our focus to them um, kind of in the spring and then especially in the summer. Um, and then they end up getting a lot of really, really good players. And like we always say, like it's it's a great opportunity to go play. It's really high level baseball. Um, and unsurprisingly, we're seeing some some talented players make that make that move. And uh, and also, and I wasn't surprised to see a couple of San Houston State guys on there. I, I know that that staff. I really like the way they recruit because it's all it's it's not junior colleges from a timeline standpoint, but among D one programs, it's it's kind of close to that they really take their time. They do a lot of homework, and they're totally okay finding the guys that really fit what they're about. And yeah. uh, they end up, they end up getting some, some really, really good players that you're kind of like, man, how is this guy still uncommitted? Uh, but when you recruit the state of Texas, there's just, there's just so many of those types of players that, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's always going to be those types of opportunities. Um, you know, if, if you're a, like a, a, a D one program and, and also if you're a player that's kind of on that level, just goes to show you that there are going to be those, those chances around there, but yeah, you can really see now the junior colleges are, are really honing in on their players and, and even some of these guys making D one calls um, you know, the, those, those programs are kind of filling up their classes and had their final camps and that sort of thing as they're kind of um, making their moves there. But yeah, congratulations to all those guys. It's been fun seeing all these names fly off the board. And a lot of these guys that we've seen throughout the spring and throughout the summer, um, giving an opportunity to, uh, to play at the next level, but um, football wise, how, how we uh, how we feeling heading into the weekend? This is uh, is it a season defining weekend for the for the Longhorns coming up here? It has a chance to be. Yeah, um, you know, I imagine the team's eyes were opened after losing to Oklahoma State and then watching Oof. them lose to uh, Kansas State forty eight zero. But oh my god, yeah, um, some guys need to get back on track and. Um, you know they'll keep their keep their Big Twelve championship hopes alive with a win. Um, so I mean, I, one more loss and they're out. So pretty 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 easy path to follow from here for them. And it's win and you're keep winning and you got a shot. And if you don't, you're out. So um, going to be interesting um, night game. Uh, well, only the second night game of the year, um, and still got to get rid of that road demon. Um, right. Yeah. You know, that's something that's been an issue. So for several years, really. Um, so we'll be, we'll, we'll see how, how they respond, but Cowboys, you know, I'm, I'm not hearing as many Cooper rush fans uh, <laughs> as, as I uh, was up for the couple of weeks leading up, but man, yeah. like that put on a clinic and how about that? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, over the last two weeks has led the, uh, led the NFL in EPA per play. So yeah, EPA I, per drop back. I had that on outside on our my little tavern deal. I was working on some videos for, for us. And I just, every time I looked up, it was like they were just marching right down the field and scored a touchdown. I was like, how many points do they have in the first quarter? Like this is. Yeah. Scored a touchdown in their first four drives. Yeah. Because the Steelers game definitely wasn't commanding any of my attention. That was that yeah. was really, really bad. As Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown do what they've been doing to a lot of teams yeah. Yeah. Uh, this year. So, yeah, that's. uh, Yeah. Cowboys look like they're for real. And the Eagles look like they're for real. And the uh, Steelers, I'm just kind of thinking. I was thinking about it. I think gonna the, get. in the NFC, the two teams that I think could give the Cowboys problems 
in the playoffs are San Francisco and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eagles don't scare me as much um, as they as they did early. Um, and I think saw the defense going. I'm gonna I'm gonna be interested to watch that. Uh, I think it's Christmas Eve game, uh, Cowboys and Eagles. But man, if the Cowboys are firing all cylinders, you know I. I like the addition. I, I'm curious to see if they make a move today on the trade deadline. Right. Uh, may, maybe get an extra receiver or get I some I think more... they kind of – they don't have to, but I think with what Philadelphia has done recently, they, they might feel like they they need to pump a little little juice into the locker room as they say, hey, we're going to – here's a reinforcement. You know, everybody else is kind of getting theirs in our division. Let, here's, an, here's a guy to help us help us really make a run at this thing. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, they, they like going out of that 12 and 13 package mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. And, uh, you know, they're they're getting some real development at that tight end position while uh, Schultz was out. Obviously, he came back and made some made some moves and had some, I think, six catches for 74 yards for him. But uh, but they got, you know, the the two other tight ends, Hendershot and um, Ferguson, that have been playing well. So, mm-hmm. you know, they can – line those guys up and and get some create some advantages in the run game i mean and then give the ball to tony pollard a lot more than they have been right that's a good pretty good recipe um it is but how how much how much you mentioned the 49ers how much of this past week can terrify you that kyle shanahan had christian mccaffrey throw receive and rush for a touchdown well yeah and they 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 beat the rams without he kind of he owns the rams doesn't he like doesn't he yeah. just like has their number for some reason. Yeah, well, you know, I guess McVeigh technically is of the Shanahan tree, right? Yeah. Um, so I think they kind of know what each other are doing, but yeah, man, like, uh, you know, they they've got the recipe. They've got they're physical. I mean, if they're healthy, the 49ers are just always banged up, but always they, Kittle, Debo, Bosa, like they're always banged up. Yeah, I mean, with if that front, if that defensive line or defensive front seven is healthy. And all their offensive weapons are healthy. All you got to do is just hope Jimmy G doesn't mess things up. Yeah. Um, but like that, they're a problem. Like they're, yeah. I mean, they're explosive. And you know, Kyle can figure out how to, you know, manage the the mess ups on the Garoppolo front. But man, like that's a that's a terrifying team to yeah. to think about in the postseason. But um, but yeah, so I. I was thinking. I was hoping there's going to be some more deals today, um, moving some guys, create some buzz at the deadline. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah. All right. So Texas spread is is they are actually a two and a half point favorite on the road <laughs> at Kansas State. So what what are you, what are you going with here? And I and I know why they are because they're like I think Texas fans would be shocked and I know many of them just don't believe in this type of stuff and give it 10 years and everybody will. But I think a lot of people would be shocked at how well they rate in a lot of the advanced stuff. Like yeah. it's it's yeah. it's telling us that this is the best Texas team since like 2009. So yeah. that's that's why Vegas keeps well, loving these guys. That's why they're that's why they're so frustrating. Yes. Is because you can see it and they, they show it in spurts, mm-hmm. but then there's just like that. They don't play complimentary football all the time. Um, and, you know, they'll get these big leads and they don't keep them. They don't play well on the road traditionally uh, or typically lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just, you know, they need to exercise some demons and you know, that one of those is on the road. So that's like, something that they got to get over yeah. fast. But I, I mean, there's some, who knows who's going to end up playing quarterback 
for uh, Kansas State this weekend. That'll True. be that'll determine a lot. Um, but I'm gonna go with like a. I'm gonna go with like a 38 to 31 K State. 38 31. Yeah. So you're expecting the over to just it looks the over under is 50 54 and a half. Well, I you know, I, I think the rest Texas needs to run the ball and control the clock more, right? Like which they'll do in the first it, half and then they won't do it in the second half. But I mean, like <laughs> They, they, the defense ends up falling apart because they play too many plays and they're getting banged yes. up. And, you know, the, the health of the secondary is a big, very scary proposition right yeah. now. At least, at um, least this type of team, Kansas State, is not going to test you that kind of way. It doesn't seem like. Um, I mean, you wouldn't think, but I, you know, but they've, they've given up some yards in the air the last two weeks to quarterbacks that don't have any business. True. True. So yeah. that's that's what's scary. But uh, but that'll that'll come into play with whether or not it's Cody Howard or Spencer Sanders. So yeah, or not Spencer Sanders, but Adrian Martinez. Sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm going a very very frustrating thirty to twenty seven win for Kansas State. Um, until Texas goes on the road and just yeah. really handles their business. Yeah. Against a quality football team, it's it's tough to bet on that. Um, I hope I'm I'm wrong, but that's just. This feels like, you know, maybe that's kind of like I've been exposed to so many years to, oh, you need to win an important game against Kansas State on the road. Good luck, like in any sport, you know, yeah. that's just kind yeah. of the way it's been for for a long, long time. But yeah, but I mean, Texas is the number six team in S&P plus and FEI. Like it's it, the numbers love this team. But like you said, that's why it's been so frustrating is that they're so efficient. And they've played a really hard schedule. Um, they're, you know, they're, a play, they're a play away in every game yeah. from being 8-0. But that's what – yeah. And last year we were seeing the and same that's why thing. They're like so they were in the, yeah, right. No, in the last year half. they got they got But they had leads late. in a lot of second games right. and second halves. But they, but they ended up getting they didn't have the depth. out Yeah, too. they didn't have the right. depth and, and that sort of thing. And, and This but, year you can, you can literally point to one play in every single game yeah. that, that it's different. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of what ifs, and yeah. nobody feels sorry for Texas. Yeah. But and, and if you know, that's and if you're if you're disgusting this team, please stop using yardage stats for the defense. If you're not going to say how many plays they've been on the field, like just right. just stop. Right. Oh, that drives me nuts. Like, oh, Texas is giving up this many yards and this many points. It's like, well, when you're on the field for like a hundred plays, like giving that's up that, like five yards I'm per play. That- the buy the buy week might have been big for them. To kind yeah, of like that. that's and, you know, you gotta get those guys off the field in the second half. And it's not a coincidence that the Oklahoma State came like those guys were gassed in the fourth quarter. They just been on the field so much and their depth was already kind of thin in some spots. So please just if you're gonna use out outdated yardage statistics, add the proper context to it, because otherwise it's just <laughs> It just it's just silly. Drives me nuts there. So all right, enough football talk. Um, World Series tonight. I think this is where the Astros start flexing their muscle because they've got huge pitching advantages. Um, you know, uh Philly's gonna roll out Ranger Suarez and Noah Syndergaard, and you know, the Astros are gonna roll out who are they rolling out? Uh McCullers tonight, prob- probably Ver- uh probably Javier and then Verlander. I mean, whew, yeah, that's that's tough to deal with there. But uh Candy, so 
when when Koi is going through getting candy, were you steering him towards any specific candy to put into the bag? Because you know, one of the perks of being a parent is you get to kind of go in there and, and get your pick of some things um, as kind of like a tax for, for took, being a parent. I I took one one thing out of his bucket this morning, and I'm a sucker for Harbo gummy bears. Okay, okay. I had to steal some out of the candy we were giving out. Like I was looking at our bag of candy that Mary put out and I was like, whoa, whoa, what are we, hold on here. <laughs> I got to make it a little, do a double take here. And why are we giving away such good candy? Uh, yeah. Um, but I stole more Harbo from our own stash than his, but he had one little, uh, one little bag. So I grabbed that. But um, other than that, we kind of let the, the little ones do their thing, just making sure that they weren't grabbing too many. Right. Uh, whenever they'd go to the houses that had it set up, but um looked like a lot of starburst around here in our neighborhood. Okay. Um, which I'm a fan of. Okay. Um yeah, solid. Yeah. Uh some some of the mini Twix, which okay, I Okay, yeah, I got some of those. Probably probably, you know, probably need to end up eating some of those of his, you know, just kind of help him out. Mm-hmm. Um but those are probably some of the main things. I'm I like Skittles. Yes, um, me too. So yeah, those are probably those are probably the main. Yeah, things. I was kind of bummed. I didn't, I don't think I saw any little sour patch kids in his bag, which was which was kind of Ooh, a bummer. Yeah, that's, that's my I, favorite of the non chocolate yeah, candy. That was that was the one time I was disappointed. There were some little sour patch kids in a little bag, and that wasn't what he grabbed from the spot. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's a yeah. Okay, you we might have to, might have to sneak those. over to CVS and see if they've they've clearanced some of the Halloween candy already because they had some had some like zombie sour patch kids and stuff like that this year, but. Yeah, it's kind of steering him towards, you know, if you want to grab the Skittles, that's that's encouraged. You can throw those in there. We do have some Harbo, um, Harbo bears in there as well. And uh, a lot of the usual suspects um, are now, are you, this is the most important question. Are you a candy cane or candy corn guy? No. Good. It's no. disgusting. No. I don't know how it's anybody awful. eats that stuff. It's it's, it's terrible. Yeah. I'd rather have black licorice than does candy anybody, corn. Does anyone like Tootsie Rolls? Oh, I, you know, I think that was an older generation. Like my grandpa loves Tootsie Rolls. I think that was kind of an older generation. Yeah. I, eh, I saw not... some, I saw some being passed out and I was like, nah, yeah. just trying to get Liz was stuff. hating on. So Jack got some paydays. Are Have you ever had a payday before? Not a, not a payday guy. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> I had a couple last night cause she was talking about them. I was like, I'm going to try these out. And the, it is, it's very, very, very much just like a lot of, very salty peanuts and a little bit of of caramel yeah. and it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah had some heath bars in there i was like yeah i don't know yeah. about no about those but we did find one house that had the full-size candy oh wow did so, you see that uh roy williams did you see that picture of his setup no okay so he had like three like long tables with every good candy you can imagine like full-size everything so <laughs> go Go look for that. Go look for that. Uh, yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, good for Roy, man. If you if you've got the means and you know, let, let's 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 do it big with with the candy when, side for when sure. When I when I went to Trinity Christian, we had uh we had a bunch of kids in our class that parents played professional sports, so we would always go over to this neighborhood in Plano. And I remember you remember Sean Bradley. Yes. So he, Sean Bradley lived really close to Dion. Um, okay. D, Dion wasn't the one passing out the candy, but they definitely had candy in front of his house but sean bradley was dressed up as like a ghost or something and he like we walked up and he was like bending down and then he stood up you know i was in like fourth grade and i was like oh my god this guy's 
seven foot six. But <laughs> that's it. If you want the, Sean you want Bradley the as a ghost size, is a funny image. When you want, if you want the full size candy bars, go over to the Plano uh, and the so Willow Band area. Yeah, I think what it was, but yeah, that's where it was at. Yeah, back then. Yeah. All right. Last one before we get out of there. Who's Auburn's coach going to be? I would How about be that shocked. news cycle? New AD and fire the coach. I would be shocked if it didn't come from uh, Hugh Freeze, Lane Kiffin, or I'm going to kind of wild card with Mike Gundy. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But, yeah, so that I, I'm going to take those three. I know some people are saying rule, but I just don't see him going into that circus right after what he just came out of. Yeah, so. that seems for him – to extreme cutthroat recruiting wise like yeah i he's much more i think of a let's go to the big i can see i can see him in nebraska speed. yeah yeah I unless think he just make... wants to wait for something like penn state or something to open yeah. eventually but um i don't know yeah 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 i yeah Oof. i love what lane's doing at old miss but yeah if they're really going to take a big swing at him i mean they're i don't know if old miss is is going to be able so, to the only thing i the only thing i think about that is you know if you know there's a lot of people that say that he's angling for the alabama job after Mm -hmm. saban Mm -hmm. um and and he he he's gonna take that auburn job if he wants that job true so um that would be that would be the the hang up there uh in my opinion but you know i don't know fascinating yeah this is, as you and I, as you and I know, when a job opens this early, it's there, sometimes a it's a negative, like because then you all these coaches have to answer questions about it for the next three months. You know, mm-hmm. like well, that's the the other the the one other name. I I don't I don't think this would be the best spot for him, but you know you're gonna you're gonna have a faction of people that want Dion at Auburn. Yeah, but. I would love to see Dion at Arizona State personally. Yeah. I think that would be fun. And Dion um, said, like, you know, when they had him on game day, you know, he said that if a power five D big Dane D1, like he said he'd have to listen. You know, he'd be silly not to, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh yeah, that's a that's a fascinating name. And as a Florida State guy, it'd be it'd be weird if he went to Auburn and suddenly had success. It's like, oh, that's that kind of stings. Uh, but anyway, that wraps us up. Uh, went through, geez, almost forty names of guys of 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 uh, twenty twenty three prospects who just missed making our five till fifty five list. A really, really, really deep class in the state of Texas this year. Went through all the recent commitments. Um, you know, congratulations to all those guys again. Talk some Halloween, talk some football. Uh, it's that time of the year, and now we're into November. Uh, hopefully, it gets a little cooler out. Fall is is winding down, um, really winding down now. It's it's about to go into its uh, official off season there from the baseball side and pick back up again uh, with junior college stuff in January and then the high school scrimmages and things like that um, into February. So hope everybody had a good Halloween. Um, don't eat too much candy. And until we talk to y'all next time, take care.